Welcome to the Sleep Talking series, where we have honest conversations with parents and professionals about their babies and children's sleep. Sleep is such a hugely important part of our lives for our health, little ones' development, and our all-round well-being and happiness. When babies come along, our sleep is temporarily disrupted, but too many people let this deprivation continue on for many months or years, when in fact it could be much better, much sooner. Let's hear from those who know. Here we go with this episode of Sleep Talking. So today on the podcast, we are joined by the wonderful Ruth Crilly. She runs a hugely successful blog and website, which she started in 2010, and Model Recommends. She's an entrepreneur and a mum of two, four-year-old and a three-year-old, and now she's venturing into the world of apps. Ruth has launched the Nightfeed app, and Ruth, tell us, tell us a little bit about the Nightfeed app and, and how that all works, and how's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me, Lucy. This is brilliant. You're welcome. You're welcome. Great to have you. Yes. Oh, I feel like um, most of the time that we speak, it's about me not being able to get one of my children to sleep. So it's quite refreshing <laughs> to have a normal conversation with you where we're yeah. not talking over something. Um, yeah. So I have launched the Nightfeed app and actually just recently I've it sort of relaunched because um, when it launched in September, it was very much a soft launch to see how people used it and what they wanted to see more of and, it, mm. and just how people would actually use it. So their journey from entering the app and then what they would do with it. And so it's pretty much been completely rebuilt since September. And now it's sort of, I don't want to say perfect, but it's as close to perfect in my eyes. Um, mm. And so I'm really, really proud of it. And yeah. for people who haven't used it or haven't seen it, it's an app for new mums who are up in the night feeding their baby, feeling really sort of isolated and alone and maybe slightly annoyed and frustrated that they're the only person, at least it feels like they're the only person that's awake. And mm. you know, it's so hard, it's so repetitive. You're feeding, then two hours later, you've just shut your eyes, then the baby wants to feed again. And so I always wanted, when I had my second baby, I just thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a place for me to go that felt like I was sort of cocooned by other people having the same experience. So yeah. other people who are up feeding their babies. And so there's content that's relevant to, to people with new babies. Um, yeah. There are chat rooms. There's a feed timer so you can remember either how much bottle your baby last fed, uh, drank or which boob you last fed with. Mm. Um, so really important kind of details that you just forget when you're really tired. And yeah. you can record it all into a chart, which is really nice to look back on. And uh, we have sleep sounds, so white noise sounds if you find those help to get your baby back to sleep. I found they actually helped me to get back to sleep as well. Yeah, so, they're brilliant. Mm. Yeah, so it's like, it's like this all-in-one SOS sort of mum survival kit for getting through the night feeds, really. Mm, mm. I think also, I love the, the tracking because it helps you to see the progress. Because when you're in it, it feels like forever. But actually, mm -hmm. you start to see the progress, you start to see the patterns. And I think that's really reassuring. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, mm. I remember with my first baby, I didn't. And I just used to think, 
I have quite literally been feeding her from seven o'clock in the evening until five o'clock this morning. What's that all about? But actually mm. when you start writing down or recording in an app exactly when they fed, you mm. realise that maybe you've had a little bit more sleep than you thought or, and, and that is comforting. It's, it's comforting to know that, especially as it, the, the feeds get, less frequent it's nice mm. to see the light at the end of the tunnel I think isn't it definitely definitely and it's yeah I think anything that you keep an eye on like that it gives you a real perspective and it also helps you to spot things if you need to make changes or you can spot things like oh maybe it's not feeding so efficiently there is that more of a pacifying you know feed and that's yeah. a really good feed and you know you can always sort of navigate your way a bit better when you've got that information and not knowing that you're oh sorry knowing that you're not alone I think is a big part of the app isn't it yeah absolutely I mean there are so many new mums on there sharing advice sharing tips and and it's not even I mean because everyone's normally just in it together with it but even when mm. you're on your second or third or fourth baby, it's, it's always a different experience. Mm. So um, everyone on there is sort of feeling their way and just supporting one another, which is so lovely to mm. see. Definitely. Place, a place of kindness and compassion. That's yeah. what we like. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, I've popped in there too when I, I've seen a lot of the sleep questions that come up and, and love helping people out and giving them a steer on there as well, um, which is you know, a great feeling to be able to contribute in that way. Yeah. Um, how, how have you found the journey of sleep with your children? Have, have there been any particular tricky ages or stages, do you feel? Yeah, I think so. But the thing is, my first was amazing. And uh, I was just so not into doing anything to do with routine or I, I was just really going with the flow, mainly mm. through, through slight sort of laziness in a way, because we were doing so many other things at the same time, like renovating a house. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go with this. And mm. it wasn't actually until she was about six, seven even eight months old, I started actually thinking, right, I'm going to get a bit of a routine to my day. And actually I got her, she wasn't sleeping through the night till eight months. Um, she was waking up every few hours. And then just one night I forgot to turn her baby monitor on. And <laughs> she, I'd moved her into her own room and I just didn't hear her. And she must have mm. only cried, for, otherwise my husband would have heard. Um, but she must have only cried for a couple of minutes and then I think she just fell asleep and she mm. slept through to the morning and it was so it was just such a revelation mm. I was like oh my god well she didn't need to be getting up in the middle of the night at all I was just yeah. enabling it and so with that in mind when I had my second I was really like okay I'm going to watch for the signs I'm going to do this properly but every time he cried I was so petrified he would wake her up and I was so yeah. tired I couldn't handle the thought but I I just oh god I mean before I spoke to you I think he was about a year old then I mm. just was having I was feeding him sort of every two hours through the night and then we switched to a bottle to try and get him back to sleep. And so he would drink like four bottles through the night and then nothing in the day. And it was just a nightmare. Um, yeah. So I think it's true to say, you, you know, every baby, you're just relearning. You know, you're, you're just a 
Mm. It can be first, second, third, fourth, fifth. It doesn't matter. They're all so different. And, yeah. you know, the same parenting style, everything can be the same, but the child can be completely different and mm. needs something different from you, a different approach. I love the way um, with your first year, you mentioned about you forgot to put the monster on. And I think that there's such a common thing that we, um, particularly with a first child, we're so um almost jumpy the, the, the slightest squeak or rustle and we're we're on our toes we're like must fix this and make everything okay mm. and sometimes that sort of going we, we almost go in too much or we overly overly fuss or tend to them when they're actually okay they're just having a wriggle and or a dream or sorting themselves out and um I always find it fascinating when people report that you know the baby went and spent the night at the grandparents and slept through but they don't do that at home and it's because the grandparents don't hear them and they're not they're not tuned in in the same way that a mother's ear is tuned to hear the slightest squeak and we go yeah. rushing in um, so that's really interesting that one night without the monitor and it changed everything. <laughs> and I remember thinking when I have second baby, um, when I was pregnant with, with him, I remember thinking, right, I'm going to remember all of the things I told myself, like, don't run for every single cry. You know, sometimes they're overtired. They don't want to be picked up. So don't always like pick them up. And if they're crying, like just try putting them down for a while. I just forgot it all totally. Yeah, um, you do, okay. don't you? <laughs> yeah absolutely and also like you just said it m might not have been the right response for him just because it was for number one doesn't mean it necessarily is for number two he might have yeah. needed a different different approach so yeah it's it's so fascinating I mean I find the topic so so fascinating and there's you know, there's always a another developmental stage or something else that happens to just keep us on our toes throughout oh, that yeah time <laughs> How are they doing now? Are they um, are they both sleeping really well? Yeah, but I don't want to jinx it, so I'm actually going to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're doing really well, and now I mean we really do have uh, a set routine, which I think is easier since they've got a bit older. But also, mm. I try not to let my husband loves sort of riling them up from about six o'clock onwards, and they go to bed at seven. <laughs> And yeah. I always have to tell him, just, just stop doing it because it's just so high energy. They'll do like Tickle Monster Club and they'll all be piling on top of each other. Then they do a race up the stairs to see who can be first to get to brush their teeth. And I'm like, can you stop? <laughs> because they're just completely wired by the time they go to bed. So I have to, I have to keep him in check, unfortunately. Yeah, but Yeah, they're pretty good otherwise. It's a common one, the whole daddy Disneyland <laughs> scenario yeah. when they come home. Well, I know lots of people are at home at the, at the moment, but they come home from work and after mum's exhausted, they take over and it's all with the best intentions and lots of fun, loving, playful energy. Um, but yeah, you see mum's eyes rolling going, oh no, I've got to calm these down again now. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, it's, meant, it's meant well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aww. And so have there been any tips that anybody has given you and a fellow mom or, or anything I said, or just anything that you think that was so, so useful, anything particular that you can think of? I mean, I think oh, it's so different with baby number one, baby number two. Yeah. Um, I remember being told by so many people when I had Angelica, look, just enjoy it and enjoy 
the snuggles with her and and you know even though you're so tired and you're being woken up all the time just enjoy that time because mm. it will pass so quickly and it really does I mean they're just I can't even remember I can remember the baby years but you know it's just they're gone the babies have gone and mm. um I think when you do think uh, when you just constantly remind yourself that it's it's it has a time limit on it you know it's mm. just a phase and you have to try and enjoy each phase because if yeah. you are always waiting for a phase to be over it just rushes past and and that's mm. it it's gone um so i found that really useful and i think the other the turning point for me was when um i spoke to you about ted not sleeping and mm. you were like you know you did it with angelica by accident and just let her get on and and soothe herself back to sleep but you you need to try and do it with Ted you know because he doesn't mm. need to be feeding all the way through the night and uh it was just having the support of someone to tell me what I knew already yeah but just to spell it out so that I I think sometimes as a parent you're so close to the situation and you're living yeah. and you're breathing that problem and you're so tired that you just don't know how to make that step to pull yourself out of it. And you having somebody that is in a position of sort of authority is just so comforting because you think, OK, I can do this now. I've been told to do it and that is what I'm going to do. And yeah. it just makes it so much easier to, to, to sort of make a, a positive stand and, mm. and change the way things are. So... Mm. Yeah. It gives you confidence, doesn't it? Because I think we second guess ourselves so much with every aspect of parenting. You know, every decision we make is, is that the right decision? Should I say yes or should I say no to this? And, you know, I think we're, we're constantly wondering whether we're doing the right thing. And I don't doubt that sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. But like you say, when somebody else can say, you've got this, do keep going with that it's it is the it is the best thing and it just like you said it's that reassurance okay okay I can do it then <laughs> yeah um like a PT that says drop and give me 20 and you just do it <laughs> it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, accountability I suppose isn't it yeah definitely yeah. but you know I think sleep is such a difficult one isn't it because mm. it's the one that actually affects you the most physically yeah. And, um, and mentally yeah and I know on the app you know the threads on sleep are always the ones with, with the most replies and really they're <laughs> the ones that always shoot to the top as well because so many people are looking at them um, mm. and it is just one of those things as a new mum you know when am I will I ever sleep again is this actually normal to get this little sleep mm. yeah you know yeah it is <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think anything can prepare you for that because, you you know, you hear, I think before being a parent, you hear this thing about, oh, you're not going to sleep again for a while. And you just think, well, I know I just thought, oh, OK, whatever. Like you just, yeah, yeah. I, I think you were missing that bubble of excitement about the, the first baby. And well, certainly I know that's how I felt. They just I almost thought, well, we'll see, whatever. Um, I didn't realise just quite how detrimental sleep deprivation can be and how serious it really is and mm. you know some people don't they don't suffer it they don't get they don't get it they're very lucky they have little ones that are pretty easy going and, and sleep isn't a big pain for them um so I don't think it impacts everybody equally at all but I think for some it's absolutely horrendous and yeah. 
um, can well, it can destroy families. It's it's not nice at all, um, which is obviously why I do what I do. But um, and so much sort of unhelpful information as well. I remember the amount of yeah. people that told me, "Oh, just give them a bottle for God's sake. Stop being such a martyr. You know, give them a bottle and they'll sleep through." I was like, "Well, that doesn't actually really." help me you know <laughs> that's like because... sticking a, a band-aid over it isn't it it's not going to solve yeah, the problem and it, and it didn't it didn't even so you okay know, I, hmm. I was just yeah. back to square one but with really sore engorged boobs inside of so yeah yeah I think um I think it's so great that every year there is just so much more information out there and so many more different ways of people sharing their information mm. um, you know if you look back kind of 10 years I remember when I was really struggling to get pregnant and I trying to find information about infertility online mm. and yeah there were resources but and then there would be sort of the odd thread on like net mums or something like that and there would be people commenting but it was really difficult to to join experts it was really difficult to access an expert, basically. Mm. You know, social Instagram wasn't really... Oh, I don't even know whether it was around. I think it was around. It? No, no. But, um, you know, now you've got, you know, amazing sort of skincare formulators, for example, talking to consumers who want mm. to know something about an ingredient that's in a face cream. Or you've got, like, a leading cancer doctor, for example, that might be there doing a live Q&A, answering questions for people that you know are too embarrassed to go to their doctor with symptoms of something that they've got and mm. you've got all of these ways that people are being joined to a other people who empathize with them and are having the same experience but b people that can actually help and yeah. they're so easily accessible like for example people can just go to your page on instagram and just chat to you and mm. even though obviously that's your business and mm. Um, you know people can actually book a consultation like you're always there answering questions from people you've been on the app mm. asking questions for people and I just think that that information and that accessible the accessibility of people that can help is so important mm. and so much better for new mums who are just lost you know yeah lost in a sea of not really knowing what they're doing yeah yeah, and I think with that accessibility, it's it's amazing, and I like to think, and hopefully, the it will force the quality of that information to be to be good quality, um, or at least for people to be able to access a range and decide for themselves what suits mm -hmm. them, um, because that's the thing. We can go, you can go into Google. Google, I always say Google is the place where you will find whatever answer you, you're looking for. <laughs> totally, <laughs> whether you, yeah. Whether you want a good or a bad, you'll find it. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's then being able to sift through and go, oh, okay, yes, this resonates. This makes sense to me. Um, I think that's, that's what that gives us, that accessibility to that spectrum of, broad spectrum of different ideas and different people so you can find the right fit. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So how about over this past um, crazy strange time we've had this year with the, the whole COVID pandemic, um, have you seen any changes 
at home or via your audience and network in terms of people's sleep um, or the effects on it? Has there been anything that's spiked or that you've seen at all or has it has it pretty I think much adults, been the same? adults without brand new babies seem to be sleeping a lot better from you know people mm-hmm. that I've spoken to and, and people that I look you know follow on social media. Um, mm. I mean on the app things really haven't changed that much because I think that when you have a new baby you're sort of in a bubble anyway. Yeah. And I know that from a few people that I've spoken to they've said look, you know, actually it's been really good because I've been in this this baby bubble, but I know that everyone else is on lockdown and they're in their own type of bubble. So yeah. in a way, it feels like everybody's sort of got a new baby. In yeah. They're not really going anywhere either. And, you know, people have got their kids at home and they're tired and it's a whole new, it's almost threw everybody into a whole new phase of yeah. life. And so um, I think for met for loads of women that's been quite comforting but mm. there's just I mean there's been an, ex- an increased anxiety over sort of giving birth in lockdown um, understandably mm. and then you know not having any kind of support network physical support network whereas normally mm. you'd have your new baby and then you know you'd have your family maybe come and help you out or something you know yeah. something would give and and you would hopefully have some kind of help um but that's sort of been removed for most women mm. and so I think that's been difficult but in terms yeah. of sleep differences I mean we've we've actually been quite good here yeah I think that it's almost been the best it's been for Excellent. a few years but maybe yeah. that's because they feel really secure or yeah I'm not sure what would you say well I think I mean I think we've been so lucky here with the weather um, and that means, and you've got plenty of outdoor space, haven't you? Like me. Yeah. So I mean, our children can get outside. They can get that exposure to daylight. You're, you've got your routine like I have. So they, they still have that routine and rhythmicity. So it hasn't messed up their body clocks or their circadian rhythms. Um, they're, you know, they're little, so they're still using enough energy in the day and they're getting their sleep at night and I think that yeah that makes total sense I think it's more families that are or that have been stuck indoors um either due to weather or just where they lived or where they live or where they're based um but being stuck inside more and getting less daylight time daylight exposure sunlight um that's had an impact on melatonin production the sleepy hormone um and and that's caused some implications we've seen children waking in the night and being wired just wide awake um and, and waking early in the morning um and I think the other one I've seen quite a lot of but then that's because they're coming to me for this but is um caused by kind of a passive stress so where you've got parents that are tense or stressed or worried which I'm sure there aren't many parents that haven't had some degree of angst over what's been going on whether it's to do with health or livelihoods careers and so on um but little ones pick up on that and so there's been a little bit of that um almost passive stress energy going through which has caused some cortisol spiking which usually means waking up in the night to be honest um so we have we've seen some of that coming our way from parents you know reaching out for help um Personally, with my two, they've been they've been great. But like you, good routine, um, outside time every day, 
those things definitely definitely help i have had to watch it though with the homeschooling because it means added screen time their eyes yeah. are on screens a lot more and so yeah that's that's a challenge i have to say that's definitely a challenge and the screen time when you just want to get on with doing something so like well, yeah, yeah. movie afternoon <laughs> yeah well it definitely and i think with little like little ones like yours that's almost the go-to isn't it it's like right i just need to send some emails so let's put some children's programs on for them yeah and, you know understandably we all have to keep functioning um but no I, I think like you i've i feel quite lucky that it hasn't impacted um my children's sleep but i've seen a lot of people that it has on the other hand there's also been lots of parents saying um this has been a brilliant time to actually work on the routine and the sleep because they're not having to dash out for school runs or commutes for work and so on so they've been able to dedicate some time to actually focusing on it and, yeah. and, and taking action with it so there's yeah there is the plus side i suppose <laughs> <laughs> every cloud yeah there you mm. go yeah but it's been a reveal i've noticed it, you know lots of parents where they perhaps didn't realize that their little one wasn't able to say settle to sleep for a nap they were relying on that walk to the shop or the school run or whatever in the push chair or something like that um and then this all happened and suddenly like, i can't get my child to nap what's going on i've tried a few few laps in the push chair but it's not working what happened um and it's highlighted the fact that they they haven't actually uh quite refined that that skill yet and developed that skill yet so that's yeah that's been interesting it's definitely been an interesting time hopefully hopefully at an end yes fingers crossed it's got yeah. to at least even if it's not an end a massive improvement would be you know, mm. certainly a good place to be um but yeah it's yeah i think everything's cyclical isn't it and and out of the out of the bad will surely will come some good and then um, we'll all get back to to something i feel like i've you. actually uh, i was so scared at first i don't know why i was scared i think scared of giving up time is so precious when you're a parent isn't it mm. and mm. there's just been absolutely no time for just self-preservation and to do anything on my own that I enjoy. Mm. And mm. at first I was like, well, this just isn't fair. This can't possibly be happening. You know, <laughs> I don't need, they'd only been in school and nursery for a term. So it was literally the first time in five years that we had had any time with a, an empty house. Yeah. And, um, you know, I could just sort of work or if I didn't want to work, we could go for lunch. It was just amazing. And yeah. really, I felt sort of made everything so much more easy to handle. You know, if it was difficult or if we were struggling to know how to deal with a certain challenge with them, then it would make it easier because you had that time off. And mm. then, yeah, we had a term and a half and then bang, it was just gone. And I just thought, this is just not fair. <laughs> Please <laughs> give me back my, my freedom that I had briefly had. But actually, I think we're so adaptable, aren't we? And we just, mm. you know, well, this is the way it is. So you have to get on with it. And after a couple of weeks of intense sort of moaning about, you know, how the hell are we going to get anything done? We mm. just resigned ourselves to really not doing very much at all um, mm. and fitting it in in the evenings and around them watching a film or whatever. And I've actually yeah. really enjoyed myself 
in a way I kind of thought like why have I worked so hard for (laughs) the past 10 years trying to do 70 hour weeks or whatever you do when you're building a business and yeah you're just manic and you never switch off from it I did think oh well maybe I should have cut down you know years ago when I had the kids and just enjoyed it a bit more but at the same time it's um I don't know it's just it's a hard balance isn't it it's that eternal work-life balance guilt thing I remember when mine were at nursery and um I was actually building a different business at the time and I remember feeling like oh if I just gave them one more day a week at nursery that day could be for me to sort you know the house out myself out like all these other things three days of work one day of just sorting all the other stuff out that was my theory but it doesn't work like that does it we we will fill exactly however much time we give ourselves and you know you, you obviously had that newfound freedom when you had those bits of time with them um at school and nursery and then it's taken away from you and and the instant reactions huh and it's like when they excuse me when people um (laughs) go through um you know nights of massive disturbed sleep and then all of a sudden they're sleeping through the night and it's like oh this is bliss then you know a few weeks later a little one's sick or something they get disturbed in the night they're like oh gosh I can't believe I was waking up last night it's always that we get spoiled um by a good thing and then when it's not so great it it, you really feel it Mm. um but I'm the same when um when this all happened we had to change our working structure a bit so running um two businesses from home it was like well you work half the day and I'll do the homeschooling and then I'll work the other half of the day and you do the homeschooling and as best you can. Um, but like you, I think it makes you go, well, do you know what? If I can condense my essential work into 50% of the time I usually give it, what, what am I doing <laughs> the rest of the time? And um, do I really need to work myself so hard all the time? I think it is a bit of an awakening. And um, yeah, I think going out for walks has, has been so beneficial just to give me half an hour on my own I'm off I put put an audiobook or a podcast on go for a walk oh god you go on your own excellent maybe that's what I start to manage that's it just half an hour if you can just get half an hour you're so good for the mind and there's been times where I've been you know quite overwhelmed or overloaded and just taking that half an hour to myself and then huh all zen again (laughs) and thank you so much for for joining us to have a chat here on the sleep talking series it's been really lovely to talk with you thanks for having me cheers lucy thanks for tuning in to this episode we hope you found it insightful and we invite you to connect with us via our website thesleepnanny.com join us for more tips on the sleep nanny podcast and look out for another episode of sleep talking